I'm sitting across with Jay Nelson, early February 2020 on Vistler's annual creator's trip. If there's one person I couldn't wait to explore the concepts of color and creativity, the relationship with his work and life and perfection, hobbies, legacy, and especially a mentality of repair, it's Jay. He talks about reinventing himself as an artist, pushing himself as an artist, the concept of being an artist, and the lineage of that creative path. From tree houses and architecture to the loose concepts of just being creative and building something yourself start to finish, he unpacks it all. Jay, we love and appreciate your work and we've come to identify it and understand it from maybe only Instagram or up in person at best, but listening to how you think about things and what makes you tick and how you wired with some of those early perspectives has certainly been helpful to me. I hope it is to you and whatever creative path or path in general you're unfolding. Jay, thank you for your perspectives. This is Jay Nelson. No one knows, but I guess it shows. Yeah, it sounds nice. Yeah, stay as close as you can on the mic there, it just helps because oh. the ambience. So I don't know if you record it so hard. You can listen how it sounds if you want, give an idea where to be. Um, hello, hello. Oh, yeah, sounds pretty good. Yeah, you like the way that sounds? Yeah. Just sounds good. The closer okay. you are, the better it's going to be in the end. So, yeah, if you're comfy, there we go. There we go. Like that? A little better? A little better. Yeah. A little better? It's a little bit like I feel like it's... <laughs> yeah, I don't have a pillow. No, it's okay. Like, in a way, it's kind of... Here, I'm going to try to maneuver a little bit. Yeah, do whatever you want to do to get comfy. Yeah. Okay, how's that? Is it... Looks good. Sounds good. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, sure. Spell your name so we don't get it wrong. Jay Nelson. Spell it. N-E-L-S-O-N. Jay Nelson. N-E-L-S-O-N. Are you recording right now? A-B-R. Always be recording. Uh, cool. <laughs> Thanks. Jay, what, what, what do you tell people you do when they ask? When I just say I'm, I'm an artist. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's like I... Uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm kind of like, I think a lot about that. I, you know, I, I have an art background, so like I'm coming to kind of what I do as an artist always. Um, I, you know, I, I'm a painter and I studied painting and I, you know, I have a graduate degree in painting. So I, the way I think about things is always in terms of art and whether, you know, a lot of the work that I make, I don't, really care to show in galleries or take like the typical artist path and um and you know I think some of it kind of blurs the line between like art design and architecture so um you know if there even is a line anymore I don't know you know art generally is like it's you know at this point it's like whatever we call art it's art it's all about context you know so um yeah I don't know yeah I'm an artist I don't know what else I'd call myself. I'm definitely not an architect. Um, you know, I would have never feel comfortable calling myself an architect. 
because I didn't go to architecture school or don't have an arch, you know, any any license or anything like that. Um, I wouldn't call myself a designer because I don't know. I just don't. I don't really think of what I do as design. I guess I don't know how to describe that, but um, I mean, I don't understand design. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, I understand art, and that's where I kind of landed. If that makes sense. It makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, you're a specific... But, you know, it's not typical. Like, I think a lot of people think of art as painting or they think of art as sculpture or even music or something like the stuff that's really typical that fits nicely, you know, in a gallery or a museum. So it's... I just kind of do what I do every day and I don't ever think about it until someone asks me, what do you do? You know, what is it? What do you call your work? Yeah, I hate that people end up pigeonholing you into something, but you're the kind of guy and I wouldn't have a business card. But it was interesting to hear the tension you had with a label and I didn't want to label you. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, if you want to label me, call me an artist. I, I'm happy with that label. I just, I just don't really think about it in my day-to-day work, you know, yeah. like, is this art? Is this not? What is it? Right. Yeah. You know, other people can kind of make that decision. Fun. I guess. When you, when you are working, building a tree house, which I, observed yesterday shaping a surfboard which i observed the day before there's a relationship that each of us have with perfection clearly this is a kindred spirit of people chasing it but there's times when one wants to let that go and you commented on the camper you built that you were showing me this morning and how you like to leave it in your words loose around the edges could you expound on the relationship you have or perhaps the conversation you might have with yourself in your mind about perfection when it comes to what you're working on across the board well i think perfection is kind of grotesque you know i think that uh we you know humans don't identify really with perfection we you know we identify with kind of imperfection because that's kind of you know like we like for example like you no one really wants to like see a perfect person we want to see people with flaws because we relate to that, you know, and it's kind of like, I, I really relate to, like, I like to see the hand in things. And I like to see things that are, you know, it's, it's like all the little flaws is kind of like what makes up, you know, these things, you know, and, and, uh, or the people. And so, you know, I think it's really, I think it's really, you know, um, I think that's a really important thing and letting that stuff come through. And, I, there's a tendency for me to always move towards perfection. You know, it's, I can't help it. Like I, I, I have a thing where I'm like, as I do something once and I do it again and every time it gets a little better and gets a little cleaner and I'm like, Oh, I can make it a little cleaner. And so I'm always fighting that because I want my work to be like relatable. You know, I want people to feel like it was made by a person and they could make it too. You know, I want them to look at it and feel like it's, you know, it's not something that's, uh, it wasn't made by a machine, you know, it was made by a human. I think that's kind of an important feeling I want to convey. Mm. So, Well, that's really cool. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think it does encourage and empower people with, you know, their own vision and whatever they're working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. When, when it comes yeah. to um, making things and building things and, you know, we've got this creative and innovative approach and project that we're working on, but what are your thoughts on the... I wonder. I don't want to say a lower tier or an approach to it, but would you agree or comment on the concept of 
DIY and repair, you know, fixing things is perhaps more important because it's a precursor to those, I wouldn't call it a higher level, but it's all the same stuff. But garnering a, a concept of fixing things and making things, I know that's yeah, like... We, we've talked about that a little bit, like talking about um, like Josh Martin or something like that and just how inspiring his movies are because they're like, it's such a rare thing to see someone like that that it's for me, like I really, I think of it as kind of like old fashioned, you know, it's like an old way of... of looking at the world where it's like everything is you know all the objects you have are really important and you should treasure them and you should hold on to them as long as you can and if they're shit you shouldn't even own them you know you should only own nice you know things that are really valuable um and important to you and like you know you surround yourself with those objects and um yeah i mean i think like uh i i you know i i'm not i i am nowhere near on the level of josh martin you know and like that's why i really like feel inspired by him but um you know i try i try to repair my own pants and i try (laughs) things like that i mean i think that like when i so when i was a kid when i was in my early 20s i started riding a lot of old single fins and finding um you know like surfboards we had this um in my neighborhood i grew up in there was this uh thing called bulky trash day where all the people would put their trash on the streets and the trash people would come through and it's my, it was like Christmas for me, even when I was like eight years old. And I would go around. That's where I got all my first surfboards. I got like these old single fins and stuff. And that's where I would ride when I was a little kid. Then I got into riding like new boards. And then my like my 20s, I went back. And I really love the idea of like taking... Because, you know, I think there's like... When you pick up like a Channel Islands off the rack and take it out and surf it, like there's major expectations. It's like you're riding the same board that, you know... Kelly Slater wrote. I don't know, he doesn't write anymore, but you know what I'm saying. It's like there's certain expectations. When you find a board in a dumpster and pull it out and fix all the dings and clean it all up, it's like, to me, that's like a fresh slate. Like you have no idea how it's going to ride. You pile into a wave, you stand up, and it's like it's you don't have to do a turn because you're just like, you're like, well, I just fix this board and see how it goes. And, you know, and so I think I, I was drawn to it because of that. I like that. And it's just really cool, like that it, it was already here, you know, it has a history, you know, and you're not like kind of, so I, I definitely, I really like vintage boards for that reason. I write a lot of old boards and especially like kind of late seventies is kind of the era I really like for old surfboards. But, um, I don't know. DIY. I think I it's really important on it, but yeah, I mean, I see, I have seen the things if you've repaired, but your comment this morning about how cool it is to build something and then go on a trip like you built the camper, you load yeah. up the fam and you hit the road. I, I, and even going back to that lowering expectation, I, I want to say that it's not wrong or different. It's just it, it sort of opens up the mystery and stuff. When you build your own board, it might not work, but there was a mysterious path within it. You know, like is it going to work? And there's some kind of a stoke and that you made it and yeah. Know, finding something old, repairing it. And that was a really good observation, you know, like you lower the bar of expectation, but keeps the whole thing fun. It keeps the whole thing progressive, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Well, when I look at your work, I, mm-hmm. I see an incredible craftsmanship throughout it all. And I see you building things um, that kind of stem from one to another. Like there's one car and then a few years later, there's a similar thing. 
but I don't see you phoning it in, mailing the same thing over and the same thing over and the yeah. same thing over. And you clearly challenging yourself, building hard things because I don't know, maybe it's keeping it fun. I don't want to answer for you, but how does that work for you? Because you could probably do pretty good putting kits together yeah. and build something like we're really, sitting in here. That's <laughs> really like thoughtful that you would say that because um, that's something that's very strong to me. And I think that that comes from a little bit of my art background where I, I really, you know, like the artists I like are people who are always reinventing themselves and they're never kind of satisfied with like developing a, like a style and doing it over and over and over again. You know, I, I do think that as an artist, it's really hard to gr- gain traction if you're always... I don't think it's about changing your... Completely doing something new every time. But it's about, like, pushing yourself further. And I, I guess the other thing I would just say about that is, like, you know, is what happens is, like, which I think is so exciting. Like, what I really love about the work I do for my... You know, is what I really enjoy about and what keeps me going. is like, when I first built my first camper... You know, I had an idea for it based off like a picture I'd saw, I've seen in a book from like the 70s. I was like, I could like something kind of like this. And I, I had this idea and I made that. And then the next one I was like, okay, that didn't work. And I like made something a little different. And then the next one I was like, I'm going to go try something totally different. And I just kind of, you know, there's this lineage, you know, and it's the same with like your surfboard. It's like you could never imagine the surfboards you were going to make today when you first started shaping surfboards. And like that beautiful lineage of, of things is so cool, you know, and and uh, I get so excited when I think about like the space I've covered, you know, because I'm like, that's so it's so amazing to be able to like, I, I never could have landed on this point without making all of that other stuff. And where will I land another 10, 15, 20 years? That's also so interesting, and exciting, you know. It's ethereal, but do you think about that? I mean, as an artist, you're clearly a successful businessman too, and there's a tension between running a business and building art that you know, everyone has their own struggle with that. But do you map out uh, campers for the next while, this big project, this commission, to a certain degree? But are you looking 10 years down the track? Are you envisioning how this is going to change as the family grows? Yeah, I more just think about like what I want my life to look like. I've always kind of thought about that, not so much like the work I'll make, I guess. Like I'm thinking about like, oh, you know, it'd be cool to get to this point where, you know, like I look at what Danny has and it's like, I want this, you know, I want to have my own little shop in the country where I come and work and the kids can run around. And that's like the goal, you know, is to get to that point. So I guess I think a lot about that more than like what projects I'll be making in the future. And then as far as just like get back to your question about like running a business. I mean, a lot of the work I do, you know, like I, so when I was a paint, I was, I was doing a lot of painting and having show shows, gallery shows. And that stuff was, it's real. I really love painting and I always want to paint, but I didn't really sell much stuff ever. And then is what happened is simultaneously I was like building campers and tree houses and and every and that's something that actually is really easy to sell. Like people, you know, I've can always like there's always someone who wants a tree house. And that's really where I make my money is like doing those kind of bigger commission projects. Um, you know, like and uh I mean luckily there's been always it's been, you know, easy to, to make money in that way, I guess. And then, like, you know, the campers, I really, is what I try to do is, 
I, I try to save a little money and those are more for uh, for our family and for us, you know, they're kind of more like, I you know, as I was saying before, when we we're speaking before the this, um, I don't really like to sell those to, um, I don't like to sell them, I don't like to make them for people. So I, I really have to f- like raise money myself to do those kinds of projects. Like right now I'm building a boat, you know, and it's an expensive project. And, um, you know, I have to raise all that money. I don't really want to build it for somebody else and sell it. It kind of sucks selling your work, honestly. Like, I mean, wouldn't you like to just make surfboards for yourself, or do you love to make surfboards for other people? Uh, Sorry, I mean, no, you do. I mean, no, it, it, there was a, there was a point in time where that changed, and I didn't envision it. But I'll tell the story. The first board I ever shaped, well, I'd learned to laminate and glass and hot coat and fins and airbrush and I did everything before I actually shaped my first board. So when I actually picked up the planer because I'd done every part of the back end I would start to finish so the first boards were actually really good and I paddled out and had a surf all the one on my own the next day I surfed in a crowd and a guy borrowed the board he's like well what are you writing can I try it and he just lit up and ordered one on the spot so that's how that began but what happened that day was watching somebody else ride something I made was nobody prepared me for that it was so much more rewarding watching somebody else yeah. rip on something I made and it really helped me just let go of the work because, you know, taking photographs, making paintings, building surfboards, I used to hate my work. I, I, I There was, yeah, it was, it was just kind of weird until I, I learned to let go. An older artist taught me that actually hate more. It's like, just love your work. If you don't love it, what's the point? Just kind of let go, loosen up. And that helped everything flow and be a little more freeing. But I... I I used to be so sad to see them go out the door because like you get so attached to them and it's gone away. Yeah. It, it's, it, and I, I, maybe it's because I was so, I put so much pressure on that project and the amount of time I put into it. Whereas now I think I'm looking at just the process of building it. Yeah. Like if everything burned tomorrow, like the memories of building, it's like, I don't really care about what I built. Yeah, it yeah. was like, I got to build that was for me that was the difference so just building boards for myself if everything if i had to get a normal job and just carry on like yeah of course i'll keep building weird stuff and that relationship is so unique and kind of weird it's it's a shoe for me so that's fine but it it actually is really cool building stuff for other people and i'm happy to let it go yeah yeah so that changed over time it really Uh did yeah 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 it's hard for me like if i built someone a I, I don't have, a, for some reason, certain projects are harder. Like, so if I had a, if I built a tree house for someone, I don't really have a hard time. I'm always thinking in the back of my head, like, oh, I wish this could just be for me. You know, like, I wish I could. And my wife always says that. She's like, oh, I wish you could just build our house, you know, build us a home like that. But, um, but the campers are really hard for me. Like I build someone a camper and give it to them. Like mostly I, you know, I mean, Visla was, is different, but. Because I feel still involved with this, so like I'm there, I'm on the trips, whatever. But like there are, there have been other brands I've built them for, and I just give them the keys and it's done, and it goes, and I have to kind of watch it, like out there in the world through like, social school. media or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's really hard, man. Like I don't really, you know, like I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know what it is, but um, the campers are hard and. And this boat is going to be amazing, and I don't think I would want anybody else to have it. 
No, I think I that, don't know. I think I, that's great, I, and it makes total sense. I mean, build your own boat. Yeah, <laughs> you did. That, <laughs> that's kind of how I think of it a little bit. Like I'm like, you know, it's like I've earned this boat. I built it, you mm-hmm. know, and it was a lot of work, and it, you know, and I don't know. I mean, but it's not how the world works, you know. People make things and sell them all day. And it's a funny position to take to be like, I don't really want people to have things. <laughs> I mean, it comes back to that conversation of... Excuse me. No problem. It comes back to the conversation we had of like... Somebody's... I've been trying to wrestle with how to explain this well, and I, I don't remember where I heard it, but it was just last week. It's not worth buying if it's not worth fixing. And you commented on like, just have stuff around that you really like. Don't buy terrible stuff, you know? Yeah. And that uh, people that are selling stuff sometimes aren't so in love with the actual products, you know, but pouring hours into something that you've built, of course, there's a relationship with it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's it got to do with passion and love and the process. It, it seems like it's all woven in together. Yeah, no, it's really true. I mean, I really do build things that I love. You know, I, I, I think about other projects I've done in the past and like I've loved every one of them. And, you know, honestly, like, I, I just am so, like, disgusted by the building industry. And, um, you know, I, I I think it's, like, very hard to build something that you're going to love out of the materials that are available at, like, your local hardware store. And it's, it's also why I've, like, just completely, like, in a way, like, rejected all new material because I just think it's... If I use new material, it's because you can't get it secondhand or used or it's hidden in the walls because I just really think that it's just I mean when people are I hate to say this I mean I'm sure there's like contractors out there building houses that really love the houses they're making but it's like they're not really the way that it's set up and the materials that are out there they're made to be slammed together so quickly and so efficiently and so cheaply that I just don't can't imagine how anyone would love doing that and love making that. I'm sorry to say that. I, I'm sure there could be a contractor out there that could listen to this and feel offended or, you know, but I mean, I just, that's how I look at it. We could cut that out maybe or not. No, it's a valid argument. I, I think, mean, I think, yeah, I just go ahead. Sorry. No, no, it, uh, it's a totally valid argument. And I think life's hard. We all doing the best we can and totally people and people need homes, cheap pe- homes. Exactly. So like somebody yeah. putting stuff together so that they can move on to the next thing. But this, the, the spirit within a creative individual that has the skills to build something better in a different way or more sustainable approach with recycled lumber, whatever it is, we stifling that spirit. Mm-hmm. We, 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 quilling that flame every day that we just I wouldn't say phoning it in but like going to work and going through the motions and I look at someone like you and your path that is obviously been very difficult to put together but I respect it so much because at some point you said no I'm staying true to this and the sooner you do it and I'm bringing this up because I look at young kids or people get involved in crazy stuff the sooner you just throw the bow line and stick to it and work really hard the momentum and the book of tricks behind you makes it easier. Life's going to be hard no matter what it is. Yeah. So get good at what you're doing. Stay in your lane. You're like that process should keep you up and get you up in the morning early and be on it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it is important to discuss these things. And, and, you know, when it comes to building and making cool stuff, it's like get in there and figure out what you love to do because that love's going to carry you through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I do think like, I mean, I, when I started, I will say that a lot of that, those feelings of deciding, okay, no more, no more buying new material. That's something that is like, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to come to. Actually, when I was starting building, I, I did do that because I had a lot more time in my hands to find it. And then I went through a period where it was really hard to like really make the money and be sourcing the materials and do it all. And now I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, like I have the budget to do it this way and I'm just not going to do it the other way, you know? And so it's, it's taken time. It wasn't something I was able to just do right away. And it's also taken time to develop feelings, you know, cause the lumber industry is really gnarly too. It's not just about the materials and just like, you know, going to those hardware stores and not feeling inspired. It's also just like the, the amount of waste and it's just a very inefficient business of, you know, cutting trees down and milling lumber and, um, I hate to say that. I don't know a whole lot. I will say, I don't know everything. No, that. But it. But I. What I know. I. I know enough to say I'm good. Yeah. I'm just not gonna do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I have. You know. We're. It's really cool. The Bay Area is so cutting edge on recycled materials, and we have like, you know, I. I heard Palo Alto just passed a law that every things have to be recycled from homes when they're torn down. All the materials that's recyclable needs to be recycled. And that's incredible. I mean, that's just going to open. And so many homes every day are taken down, dismantled. Imagine all that lumber. So it's it's going to be good. And I mean, I, if if all of San Francisco turned that way, you know, keeping things out of the landfill, reusing material that is better than the material that you can buy is better in so many ways. I mean, just the material is better. You know, like the history of the material is more interesting. Um, you know, everything about it is better. So it looks better. It's prettier, you know. Mm, sure does. I saw it yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Last um two questions. Um, do you still paint? I do, I paint um not a ton. My wife, you know, she's she's a really great painter. Well, and, absolutely. Uh, oh really? Oh yeah. Rachel's work's incredible. Dude, Donald, you're so rad that you know that. Um, makes me so happy. Yeah, she's a she's an awesome painter and I really I really like her her paintings and she's you know like I we go and work in the studio but I'm kind of like I see her more as the painter these days. I would love to one day just I mean I would love to my goal in life is to be you know is I'm I'm I've been working on um drawing plans and submitting plans for a house I'm building in Hawaii and that's been really fun. And uh I want to keep doing that. I want to keep like you know drawing designing houses i think that's really cool and i you know i'd like to paint and i'd like to have little side projects these kind of side fun projects like campers and boats and things like that um if i could do all those three i'd be pretty happy but um yeah that's cool well i mean yeah from my perspective it looks like you're doing those all now so yeah and and you look happy sure yeah but you know Mm. um Last question, and this is going. coming from left field, but I cannot wait to see what you say. No way. And I've brought it up with everyone that's been interviewed, and it's it's somewhat of a tying point just because I find it fascinating, but um, the concept of color. Are there colors that you don't like? Um, no, my, my feeling about color is always changing a lot. I think with when, it, you know, so like I, I have different... I'm really into like 
I think if I, you know, I like kind of grayed out colors and, and dirty colors. So I, I like, you know, like kind of opposing colors on the color wheel, like mixing them. Like when I, when I do a surfboard, when I, if I glass a surfboard, which I don't do much, but, um, I always like take like a little purple, a little yellow and a little black or something. And it makes like a really cool, like muddy, muddy yellow or muddy purple or something. And I like those kinds of colors a lot. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, my color feeling about color is always changing with surfboards. I don't like too much color because I feel like it becomes a little distracting. I like the colors to almost be kind of, kind of vintagey looking, you know, because I, I don't want it too bright, like surfboards to be too bright, you know, That's um, exactly what but I don't like white too. Like white to me feels like kind of sterile. I think just a little color, like a little tint is nice in surfboards. So but, you know, and then with painting, my colors are always changing, my feelings about colors. But um, I was really impressed by Alex because I just think, you know, uh, Super Wolf, you know, he has such a, he has a really good color sense. I think a lot of, like, why he's so good, you know, because he's doing, like, the stuff he does is pretty similar to other, you know, like some of the stuff, like the splashes, it's kind of maybe similar to someone else's. But his color, no, I know. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm his, just saying I think color, a lot of it is the color. Like totally, he yeah. knows how to mix the right colors together. Sure. And to make, you know, he also does other things. It's the that pairing. Are really it's, yeah, it's, it's the pairing for sure. The cohesivity of the entire thing. No, that's it's But I was watching him and I was like, "Oh, this guy's like a colorist. Mm. He understands color." Where I mean, I, you know, I think that maybe some glassers don't totally understand color. Maybe. Maybe some do. I don't know. And it's personal. Some people like it, some people don't, but when you watch somebody who I'm inspired by doing something totally different, but you see a cohesivity from one day to another and one year to another, and there's a flow, there's some filter within them that is worthy of the mastery. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got it for sure. That's so cool. cool I was saying just yesterday how the pro- watching everybody's process, how they approach what they're doing, from glassing to shaping to building, that to me has been so inspiring. Like watching how people go about doing whether it's shaping or whatever it is like just watching somebody's thought and watch the work going about it's just really inspiring to me mm-hmm. not even what they're doing how they do it yeah yeah totally well thank you jay yeah. um i'm so inspired and very nice yeah, yeah on top of that thanks for inviting me over when you look into my eyes what you did and where you're coming from I don't care as long as you love me as long as you love me